You're now tuning in to the Here's the Deal podcast, covering today's biggest stories from the gridiron to the hardwood. Hosted by Michael D. White Jr. and David Coleman. What's going on, everybody? Here we are again, back for another episode of Here's the Deal. I'm one of your hosts, Michael White. With me is my partner, David Coleman. Say what's up, man. What's good to the people? How y'all doing this week? Glad to have y'all listen to another episode. You said Kyle Lowry just went out with ankle swimming? Look. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm high on the Raptors. But I wouldn't mind if he got hurt. You got Van Fleet. Hey, look. I mean, everybody keep telling me Lowry might be that weak piece. Hey, if look, he can man. get it done, he's he's a very good point guard. I wouldn't be wouldn't be too mad because with Lowry, he had a little shaky in the playoffs. I, look, I've I've seen it enough. Like I remember, I think we talked about it on other episode. I remember uh, we was I was watching him in the playoffs. Man, this dude tried to ice the game from three, <laughs> hit nothing. Like hit the side of the backboard. I and from that moment on, I've always been skeptical of him. But what's on deck today, man? Get us started. Um, we're going to start off with our Odell trade to the Browns. So the Giants decided to give it to Odell. And I just want to know what are your expectations of them coming into this year. Now that they have a new offense, basically. They have a new head coach that's going to be there for the whole season, the interim from last year. And what do you have, what are you expecting from their offense as far as just how explosive they'll be, whether they'll kind of rank in the league, just an estimate. I think you said the perfect word to describe what we're going to see from the Browns next year, explosive. That's just, I think they're going to be the most exciting offense in the AFC North easily next year. You know, Antonio Brown's gone from the Steelers, so I think the Browns are easily going to be one of the most watched teams in the NFL next year. Um, they have too many options. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. on the outside, Jarvis Landry. They got a good tight end in Joku, I think his name is. That's yeah, how you say David it. You got Nick Chubb. You got Kareem Hunt coming in after eight games. So, like, Baker Mayfield's good. I like Baker Mayfield. He likes to get the ball downfield. Now you have Odell and Jarvis Landry to do mm-hmm. that. So, I think he's definitely going to be shooting up a lot of people's fantasy boards now, things like that. Yeah. Baker Mayfield's going to be a top-five quarterback in that. But I think they're easily going to be a – I see no reason why they shouldn't be a top-five offense. Like – with with that many yeah. with all that, those playmakers, with all those playmakers, everything you have, there's no way they shouldn't be top five. And um, Baker can get him the rock. Definitely that. Baker can definitely get him the rock. He he's one of those quarterbacks that he's gonna test you. He's gonna test you. He'll throw, he'll be have kind of has that gunslinger mentality as far as you know. Off. He be trying to <laughs> he be trying to sweep uh, put it in the tight pockets. He'll test you. He'll throw it in the double coverage sometimes, but. Judging off what last year showed me, I believe it's going. He's only going to get better. Right. It's only going to get better with time. What I have from last year, he, in 13 starts, he had threw for over 3,700 yards. He had 27 <coughs> touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and then just in 13 games, he had three um, comeback wins and four game winning drives. Right. He had a lot of drives where like instantly all those doubters that were in there about Baker Mayfield, like all that doubt. Yeah. Went out the window. I was I never really doubted Baker Mayfield. I just was kind of ready to see him do it, mm-hmm. you know. And last year, I think he had a, a hell of a rookie season. Right. Now you're giving him crazy types of options. There's no reason Cleveland shouldn't be in the playoffs next year, yeah. especially in the AFC. I'd expect them to definitely win their division because mm-hmm. with the Pittsburgh taking a step back, granted, Mike Thomas never had a lot losing season, so 
it's gonna be interesting to see what the Steelers do losing uh, A.B. and Le'Veon, but I do expect the Browns to win the division. I was high on them last year. They played good, but obviously not enough to make the playoffs. And the Ravens, they're kind of, I believe they're good, but they're kind of taking a step back and they're trying to figure out how they're exactly they're going to build around Lamar Jackson. You still got a young quarterback. We'll, we'll get them to the Ravens because they, they got some good Yeah, stuff. they did make some good uh, yeah. offseason acquisitions. Um, <clears throat> going into our next topic, um, Let's go ahead and talk about. Let's go ahead and talk about the Ravens. So they added down a member of the LLB, Eric Thomas. He's mm-hmm. coming back from a fractured leg. He signed a four-year, fifty-five million dollar contract, and they also added Mark Ingram, three years, fifteen million. So, how you feel about them rebuilding around on Lamar, adding a running back, and adding to their defense to replace Eric Weddle with Earl Thomas? Uh, well, Earl Thomas is great. One of the highest-rated safeties in the game. Um. Only thing I'm a little concerned with Earl Thomas is he's missed 19 games between 2016 through 2018, so he's missed a lot of games as of late. But even though Baltimore was a high-ranked defense last year, they did rank in the bottom half in takeaways. So that's exactly what they bring in a guy like Earl Thomas to hopefully force some turnovers because they definitely miss Ed, them Ed Reed days of getting interceptions like crazy. Earl Thomas doesn't get a lot of interceptions, but I think he'll definitely help that defense, help to call some turnovers and get the ball back in their offense's hands. Um, speaking of all offense, you know they're going to run the ball a lot, so why not go get Mark Ingram? First off, 5'9", 215. Dude is built. Pause. Okay, so look, that is a solid... I, I love that pickup. That's a great pickup for them, especially in an offense where they're going to run a lot. I think he's had... 2000 yard seasons since he's while he was with the Saints. So, mm-hmm. in an offense with that young of a quarterback, the, with the style that he plays, I, I see that Ingram's definitely going to get a lot of carries. He averaged four and a half carries over his career per carry. So, I that's a great pickup. Two great signings for the Ravens to help we definitely start trying to build around Lamar Jackson. Uh, I Definitely expect to see them in the playoffs again. Yeah, Earl Thomas is best makeup in the league. He'll cover up for a lot of your mistakes mm-hmm. as far as DBs getting beat, um, just bone coverages in general. He sees the field great. He flies from sideline to sideline, right. best in the league. And like you said, it's he's going to replace Eric Weddle, no problem. He brings kind of a different skill set because Eric Weddle gets in the box a little bit more than Earl Thomas. But as far as pass coverage, there's mm-hmm. nobody better in the league than Earl Thomas. And you get that leadership with Earl Thomas, too. He yeah, a lot of that's... leadership and a lot of experience. Yeah, he's been there. He's won the championship. And then you got Mark Ingram. Um, coming from New Orleans, he's finally going to get the load, like the fair share of the carries there. Right. Between him and Lamar, obviously. Because, yeah. you know, the quarterback's going to be taking a lot of carries. But he'll be the number one running back there, I assume. And we haven't really seen him in the number one running back role since he's been in the league. Because he's always had either somebody else there, whether it's Alvin Kamara uh, somebody else. I can't remember who they had in the past for the Saints, but was I know- it was Bush, right? It was Bush. Yeah, there Reggie Bush was there. Too. Yeah, they've they always, always had kind of a, a committee, like a speed back or something. Yeah, somebody like that can that. catch a little bit, but I mean, he, I think he can definitely handle a full a full load as a uh, running back. Pause. Agreed. But all right, going on to another acquisition, we got D Ford. He's going um going from the Chiefs, the pass rusher, going to the Forty Nineers. He signed a five year, eighty seven five eighty seven. $0.5 million dollar contract, <laughs> and he got that bag. He got that bag. So he the 49ers did. getting that money. Going on to another acquisition, just a couple of minor things that happened. Just recently, we got an update about Blake Bortles signing to the Rams. Do you have any take on that? Um, 
he'll get to watch a lot of good football. He'll get to watch. Hey, I think he's there. To, <laughs> I think he's there as an insurance policy yeah. for when they play the Patriots. Because Bray Water balls out against the Patriots. I Whenever they play. I and just, I, I mean, long time coming for him to lose that job. Like, I saw <laughs> it coming. Yeah, with the Jags, yeah. He, he didn't stand the chance. Hey, he gets to sit back, though. Watch a successful team play. Maybe he'll learn some things, get better on Sean McVay. Hey, you never if, know. Yeah, I say Sean McVay, can, Sean McVay can turn somebody and make them look very good. Um, mm -hmm. As far as, I think he can also play, because looking at what Goff did in the uh, Super Bowl, it was a disaster. Right. If they could have had just another quarterback they somewhat trusted, they might have went with that. Ah, man, to be real. Would I have trusted Bortles more in that situation? Maybe not, but I guess it's nice to have the option. Yeah. So I, I can understand it from that standpoint. Yep. So um, another free agent signing was Chargers sign um, veteran linebacker Thomas Davis. I think this is going to help them as far as kind of in the playoffs. They were very dependent on their DBs. We heard a lot about their seven DB sets, mm -hmm. and you can't really do that in the playoffs. We had a lot of linebacker injuries. I just think that will help them going forward for next year, veteran like that. Right. Um, Golden Tate signed with the New York Giants, a four-year, $37.5 million contract, kind of to replace Odell as that number one receiver in New York. How you feel about that? Um, you're not going to replace Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think Golden Tate's that good. But what you can replace is, you know, Golden Tate is a healthier option. He's only missed one game over the past five seasons. So and a cheaper option. Yeah, definitely a cheaper option. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you lose that wow factor, that big play down the field maybe factor, but you get a solid receiver um, who's known for being in the games. And also, I don't think he's a number one. I think right. they're kind of running two number twos out there with him and mm -hmm. Sterling Shepard. But, hey, you have Saquon Barkley. If you get yeah. any type of competition play from Eli, maybe. That's a lot to ask. Right? Yeah. But, I, I don't see them making the playoffs. The Giants, I, I just yeah. think they've lost a rebuilding. lot, and they're definitely rebuilding. And They're rebuilding on, both, rebuilding on both sides of the ball as far as offense and defense. They let go, let go of a lot of their defensive players. And Landon Collins went to the Redskins, like we said. Yeah. yeah uh, Vernon Oliver went somewhere as well. So they lost a lot of their players. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Olivier Vernon went to the Browns. Yeah. Oh wow. I That's what I didn't bring up. But I gotta wow. say this real quick. Like another thing about the Browns that I forgot, Sheldon Richardson on the defensive side of the ball locked up to a long term deal. Still he got, got Miles Garrett, Garrett right. Olivier Vernon, like Denzel Ward. He's already proven to be a great corner. All those moves on the offensive side of the ball really shrouded that, but that oh, might yeah. be the story defense. next year. Wow. That defense taking the next step. I forgot so. they added all those players. Yeah, That's man. The Browns are looking pretty serious right now. We'll just have to see how it works out on the field, though. All right, let's talk about another team that added a lot of defense over this offseason. So we got the Packers. Oh, yeah. They signed let's go. The outside linebacker Preston Smith mm -hmm. to a four year, $52 million contracts coming off a career year where he had 8.5 sacks mm -hmm. they also signed another outside linebacker Zadarius Smith four years 66 million two players that can really get after the quarterback and they also added another piece on defense mm -hmm. Adrian Amos four years 36 36 million dollars contract and taking them from the Bears so taking them away from the division that had the best defense in the league I believe the Bears right so how so Michael I ask you how you feel about your team, the Packers? First off, making a change and adding to their defense. First off, there's only one thing I can do right now. Just start clapping. <laughs> Finally, someone decides in the offseason, you know what? We're going to spend a little money this offseason. We're going to bring some players in that's going to help. I understand the old philosophy, excuse me, building through the draft. Yeah. 
and all that. No. But we ain't on that time, son. Right, right. Aaron Rodgers, look, every time he gets hit, my heart skips a beat, all right? We need to capitalize on this now. So I think these are all great moves. Like you said, Preston Smith, one thing I like about Preston Smith that I was looking up, another guy who's always healthy. He's only missed one game in the last four years. He's a playmaker. That's one thing that always hurts the Packers. Yeah, I noticed that too. Injuries. Injuries, injuries, <laughs> yeah. injuries. Nick Perry was hurt last year. Clay Matthews has taken a step back. He was hurt at points last year. I, I like the fact that he stays healthy. Um, you brought up Zadarius Smith, career best eight and a half sacks last year, 45 combined tackles. When I watched the Ravens play, he always stuck out to me. That's going to help us. We need to get to the quarterback. We need to generate turnovers. Give yeah, Aaron Rodgers the damn ball. You know what I'm saying? At least get off the field. Exactly. Get some punts or something. <laughs> and then Adrian Amos, which might be the best pickup at our worst position. Because, yeah. you know, we That's got rid of ha-ha. We was like, I think we was running Tremont Williams at safety mm. at one point. You know, Strong. he's already old. Yo, Adrian Amos, third best, uh, third best grade as a safety on pro football focus behind Harrison Smith and Earl Thomas. Mm. Definition of above average safety, right. top ten in all the coverage. That's all that you can trust. A yeah, you can definitely trust mm -hmm. Adrian Amos. Amos, he can line up front and play a little linebacker. He can drop back. He can cover. He can get in the slot. Yo, yeah. okay. that's look. You think you think he gonna make a difference for yeah, your team? Yeah, we needed that, and especially for our defense. I think the big word is playmakers. Mm -hmm. Green Bay only has seven interceptions and eight fumbles last year. Bottom five in takeaways. Yeah. Put that in perspective. Kyle Fuller from the Bears had seven interceptions by himself so we we needed to upgrade the defense we needed playmakers we needed guys who can make turnovers and i love the way this offseason started for green bay so far right i love what y'all did as well like you said it's a different outlet as far as what y'all have done in the past as far as okay let's stay in house let's build the draft and develop right. players and and this like you said in this day of age it's the lebron era you're gonna have to go out there and get somebody you're gonna have to get some talent that somebody else may have developed but he's a good player. He's a proven player. And in this window that you have with Aaron Rodgers, it's not long per se because we don't know if he's going to try and go the Brady route and just, you know, play he's as long as he can or if he he kind of <laughs> seems like the player that will be like, I've done all I can do and I'm ready to move on in my life. So It's hard to tell with him. He's you know He kind of teeters that line as far as yeah. I want to do what Brady's doing and I just want to, I want to do something else other than football. So it's kind of interesting with him. But I think with these players that signed, like you said, they're all available. Your best ability is availability. Can't go wrong with these players. Get out to the quarterback, playmakers, people that get them off the field and give Aaron Rodgers the ball. Big facts, man. Going on to our last football topic of the day, we had Le'Veon. He signed with the Jets after that long holdout that he had. He signed a four-year, $52.5 million contract. $35 million of that is guaranteed. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the Jets also signed uh, inside linebacker. C.J. Mosley, five years, $85 million. So I want to ask you about the Le'Veon, being that he's kind of like the last big domino to fall in free agency. Right. And we've been waiting to see what team would take a chance on him, what team would give him the money that he was looking for. So do you believe that Le'Veon's holdout was a success? Um, <clears throat> I think it's a success for him personally. Now, I didn't know all the details of the deal, so I had to look it up. You know, I had to look it up. So... Bell gave up 14.5. This is why people who didn't know. This is what went down. Bell, Le'Veon Bell gave up his 14.5 million franchise tag with no future guarantees and also a bypass, a contract extension that reportedly only locked in 10 million guaranteed. So his new deal guarantees him 25 mil up front. So 
ultimately he got what he wanted. He wanted that bigger guaranteed money up front. But the main thing I'm looking at is he's happy. You know, yeah. if if the player is happy with the deal he gets and he signs that bottom line with a smile on his face and he's quoted here, the decision I made, I would do it all over again. I think you have to look at his success. He went where he wanted. He got his big guaranteed up money up front. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people look at that face number of how I think for the Steelers deal it was like, what was it like seventy, and then for the Jets yeah. it was like fifty two. Like to offer you more, but yeah, but there's different yeah, there's see, different layers yeah. to that. You, you know gotta get saying? into the ways of the contract. So the, the point was he got that guaranteed twenty five mil up front. So he right. signed a dotted line. It's important that the running back position is a position that you're always getting hit. And with Le'Veon, he's touching the ball about three hundred times a year. So especially a guy spin. like him catching out of the backfield, running up the middle on the side, he always has a ball in him. It's got to be a success. What do you think? I believe. It's a success, like you said, when, when um, he signs the dotted line, he says that he's happy, he's where he want to be. It's a success, I believe, for him personally, but everything coming into this year was, I want to change the market for running backs. Right. I want to get a, I believe he wanted a higher number in guaranteed money. Obviously, there's no way to be sure about that, but I believe he wanted a little bit more guaranteed. So I believe... It was not a success. That would mm -hmm. be my final answer on that. It was not a success because he wasn't able to reset the market as far as running backs that can do everything. That can block, that can catch the ball, that can run, that can do whatever you want them to do on the field. It was, a, when you think about it, it was kind of an uphill battle because when you look at the Super Bowl and see how much Todd Gurley mm -hmm. did not play after just signing that huge contract, it's almost like, wow, do we really want to commit this type of money to another running back? Not saying that the player may not be talented or worthy of that money but being a running back being getting hit a lot the most probably than any other person on the field you know that's a big risk you take and as we saw in the Super Bowl hot one of the highest paid running yeah, backs barely played yeah. at all so he got the ball hey shout out to him for getting his coin though he mm. understands that yeah um I think one thing about being in New York with the Jets he can reset the he can reset as far as getting money also off off the field, being in a big market like New York, mm -hmm. he'll be able to do something as far as commercials and things like that. So he'll be able to get some of that money that he may not have been able to get in his contract in other ways. So that ends up our uh, bat our football portion of the podcast. So now let's go on to our basketball portion. So, LeBron James. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Let's get ready for this. I'm about sick of talking about the Lakers, but LeBron James. Sunday. Versus the New York Knicks. Claims to be the king of New York. Mario, Mario Hazonia has something else for him. So, LeBron drives left. Mm. He thinks he's about to pull something maybe from the Toronto series, I guess. You know, about to throw it off the backboard. About to run out the stadium. I'm the king of New York still. Mario Hazonia, he said, give me that. He gave him a full block. He didn't get part of the ball. He gave him a full block. Palm the ball. Like he was his little brother. Like when somebody, Defend it. Yeah, like when somebody block your shot like that, like, you know you feel some type of way towards them. Like, hold on a second. <laughs> that just happened. Like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. That's disrespect. Then he looked at him. Yeah. Then like, Mario, he got that, he got that grid in him. He ain't the most talented out there, but he got that grid in him. I, I like it. I just, when I think about that play, it just, that I play, want you to defend it. That, no, I won't defend The Lakers, man, you have to defend it. Here's what I'll say. You ain't going to make them all. Look, LeBron went up, he got blocked. Hey, look, 
that play kind of perfectly portrayed the season this year. Just you think, yo, he's about to hit this easy walk off Madison Square Garden. Yeah, we lose him, but I need this win against the twelve in yeah. what New York, it, whatever they New are, York. Knicks. Yeah, they're not a good team. And <laughs> for some reason, he don't get enough lift. Hey man, that's a good block by Hazonia. There's not uh, much more I can say. No, no, no. I ain't giving Hazonia that much credit. I'm he not, did play I'm good. I'm not here to just defend LeBron. Look, uh, he got it blocked. What you want me to say? I want my Lakers fans to defend their king. All right. You want? You know what you want? You know what you want to hear? Kobe wouldn't have got that. Block. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want to hear. I do want to hear that. I do want to hear that. I ain't gonna do that to you, Bron. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. It. I'm gonna say. Hey, look, it happens. <laughs> not just all right. So not just that shot yesterday. So he is four for fifteen in the fourth quarter. Right. He had missed eleven field goals. That's the most he missed in his career. So I'm just gonna start off by saying LeBron has lost a step. Mm. I'm gonna still stand by what I said a couple weeks ago. LeBron is no longer a top five player in this league. Mm. He's great, but he's lost a step. He's not as athletic as he used to be. He's not gonna be able to go over you. We saw that yesterday. He's not always going to get that lift on his shot the way he wants to. He's still best mind in the game, best IQ. He can control the game, but his biggest attribute is starting to fade away. Starting to that fade physicality. away. physicality. Yeah, that physicality. That dominance. Which nobody else has been able to match, but now. Like I said, I've, I've given him I've given him a bit of a doubt because of the injury. You know, the injury mm. was serious. For him, it was serious because he never dealt with something like that. You mm. know, 18 games is the most he's missing a season. But... Even before the injury, <laughs> you know, there was times where I'd be watching the game and I'm like, yo, what, yo, yo, what you doing? Yo, what you doing? Yo, like, yo, stop passing. I get it. You know, you're LeBron, you pass first. I got that. But we, we don't need that. I need you going to the rack. Every time, I need you holding R2 every time. Every time <laughs> to the rack, I, I see what you're saying, though. The athleticism seems to have dropped a little bit. He doesn't seem to be that physically imposing. He's definitely still physically imposing, but just not at the level. It's weird to say this, man. but last year he was last year he it's, was on a hey, crazy level. Life hits you fast, man. <laughs> yeah, but that no, no, the West hits you fast. Yeah, the West yeah, hits you true. fast, and when they watch him, when the spotlight, oh, we are gonna get into the spotlight, but yeah, the West <laughs> hits you fast. Yeah, because there's no reason that they should be where they're at. I, they're way above low five hundred now. It's I feel oh, yeah, like they're fully right. embracing the tank. They're they're fully embracing the tank. Oh, it might have right. been a tank job what we saw yesterday. It could have been LeBron being No, it wasn't. Oh no no no. We just <laughs> lost that. That's the, that's been us. That's that's been the whole that season. Wasn't no tank. We went out there with full intention on winning the game and lost. That wasn't no tank. That was just straight up at the Lakers this season. Yep. Who was their leading scorer yesterday? Ooh, New York. Yep. Um was it Dot was it Dotson? Oh my god! Was it him? Oh, yeah, see, yeah, just right. Throw the season away. Yeah, somebody. Throw the season if away. I have to think about the Shut name, it, it shouldn't have went down like that. If I have to think about the name, <laughs> yeah, like, that's it. Yo, who killed yeah, us? That's, that's terrible. Was that's it terrible. Knox? <laughs> but um, talking about that game yesterday, let's talk about. What the media has attacked all day today on um, all the shows and all. They stay that. on, bro. They do. So Walt. Clyde Frazier, for those who don't know, Clyde. Hall of Famer, New York Knicks, two championships, crazy suits. His suit, hey, his suits be on they something, be on point, something bro, else, right? right hey. But he, he can dress. during the game yesterday, uh, LeBron came to the bench and he seemed to be separated from his teammates. Well, according to Walt Frazier, and this was his, this was his um, 
quote as he as the camera panned over LeBron, this type of behavior, when you're the face of the NBA, you should be more of a part of a team part of your team, Fraser said on the MSG telecast. No matter what is going on in the public, you gotta be part of the team. Maybe in the locker room you're not, but you have to exude the type of togetherness in public, folks. And right now we see he doesn't really care. Okay, first off, I'm gonna start, Dave. I'm gonna start on this. All right, go ahead. First off, he said LeBron wasn't with his teammates. As the camera is pointed on LeBron next to Tyson Chandler. Now I don't know. Maybe you know, but I watch the Lakers quite a bit. Tyson Chandler plays for the Lakers. Come so I'm like, okay. Two seats next to him. You find Lonzo Ball and Lance Stevenson. So, I don't know. Maybe me and Walt were watching something else. Maybe we just saw something different. But, either way, let's say Walt made a mistake. We see the power of the media. The media ran yeah. with this. As yeah, soon they as they did. saw that, they ran with it. What were your thoughts on it? My thoughts were, I respect Clyde. Like you say, he's a great player. Two-time champion. But... It wasn't. It wasn't his place to say he doesn't care about basketball. It wasn't his place to say he doesn't care about his teammates and things like that. Which I believe he does care. He has other things he cares about, but he does care about the game of basketball. He cares about pursuing a championship. He cares about uplifting these young players so they can get where they need to be. And although I say he's not a top five player in the league, he's still a damn good player. And like, I'll take him on my team any day. There's no there's no other way to put it. Um, you add LeBron going to the Lakers, LA, your media's always on you. They're going to be coming down on you. Obviously, in New York the other day, the camera's always on. He's in Madison Square Garden. The camera's always on him. I feel like Watt just kind of wanted a headline, wanted to get his name out there. So let me say something, you know, about LeBron. And it's been something that's kind of been trending the whole season as far as him not caring about his teammates. Oh, he sits this far away from his teammates on the bench. So I think it's kind of a headline that he ran with and just kind of wanted to get, you know, a little right. bit of talk. From right. And I would hate to, you know, assume that he's looking for the headline. I just maybe think this might have been a moment of him just taking what he's heard this season so far about LeBron and then just seeing an opportunity, throwing some words out there. And, you know, the context was all types yeah. of off. Now, don't get it twisted. LeBron's leadership. I've questioned it. Many in the media have questioned it. I'm sure teammates have questioned his leadership this year. But I think in this moment, this was just a perfect case of taking something with no context and making it to what you want it to be. And even if he meant no harm or none, none of that, ultimately that's what ended up being the topic today. Is LeBron a good teammate? And I don't want something like like if if we're gonna call him a bad teammate. Let's let's see some real evidence that he's a bad teammate. Let's hear it from some other people. Not let's just assume because he's sitting at the end of the bench, by the way, where he always sits with his little butt pad at the end. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, always he always does, does that. that. Yeah, he, he always, always does, does that. that. But let's not just take that and assume the worst. Yeah. I, like you said, um, something LeBron always does. Um, until I hear somebody, one of his uh, teammates, because if you look throughout the history, all of his teammates say they love playing with him. He's one of the He's the best player they've ever played with. He right. does like he makes them better. That's what they all say. So until I hear something otherwise, it's hard to like blame him when it comes to um uh, being a bad teammate towards his uh, teammates. Maybe we'll hear more once he retires, but I don't believe I don't take that in. Honestly, mind. most of the time it's 
players who haven't played with him, for instance, Kevin Durant, yeah. then LeBron and Stock. Now, we've seen this season, there are some things that may prove because that to be true or not, however you may think. I think that's own. a chess move, though. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a chess move. But players who actually play with him, I haven't heard he's a bad teammate or mm-hmm. none of that, and I definitely wouldn't think somebody of his stature would be a bad teammate at all. Right. Especially a pass, pass first guy. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody loves that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but let's move on from LeBron to something that happened this past week. The Warriors routed the Thunder without KD. Ran them out the gym. Like, did you see that? It was bad. Um, From the start. What, what are your thoughts about the Warriors routing, routing the Thunder? Um, give me both sides. Give me what you think about the Warriors and what this means for them going forward. And also, what you think about the Thunder and them going forward from this? Well, I'm going to start with the Thunder. So, the Thunder, I believe, did show me a lot. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get Russ shooting as bad as he did. I believe he shot 2 for 16, had 7 points. You're not going to mm-hmm. get that happening a lot. So that was kind of the outlier, but it showed me that I can't trust OKC when it comes down to it in the playoffs. I can't trust them. So I know I kind of called them a contender, a team that could compete with the Warriors, but came to my senses over the weekend. Yeah. Not not just this uh, game, but it just always seems to happen around this time of year. They're falling down to the fifth seed right now. They lined up against Portland. I we picked them to win that series, but I wouldn't be surprised if they let us down also because they've done things like that, losing to the Jazz last year. Um, as far as the Warriors, their outlook, winning without KD, I think that's big. They beat OKC without KD. They beat the Rockets without KD uh, throughout the week as well. So, I mean, they're looking good. They're starting to kind of flip that switch everybody's talking about as far as being that, the best team in the league. Kind of unstoppable. Boogie's looking great. He's looking great, but... The more and more he looks great, it could come back and bite him in the playoffs. Cause he want, he's going to want to play those uh, close games down in the uh, in the playoffs, and they may take him out and try and put Iguodala in there because all the metrics say that he's a better they're a better team, and Iguodala's in that uh, with the big four as far as Draymond, KD, Clay, and stuff. So I think it's looking good. The only thing is, would you consider keeping Demarcus Cousins? Over Draymond or KD, if they have to make that decision, what I what, what hold on, what I consider keeping Demarcus Cousins over Draymond or KD, or Draymond. I and think it's KD. gonna be between Demarcus Cousins and KD. Which one? Because oh, because it, well, it seems like they run as a better team with with Demarcus Cousins, oh, just based on no. off these last couple games. I know KD is a better player, but it's about fit. Hey hey, look, I tell you what it is. <laughs> give me KD. <laughs> give me KD. We'll make it fit. We'll make it work I'm, somehow. Okay. That, that's just me personally. I feel like KD is on a whole other level than DeMarcus mm-hmm. Cousins. Because I feel like they play, when they play together with the, everybody out there, DeMarcus Cousins and KD, I feel like they kind of play the, like the same role. Mm-hmm. They kind of play in the same areas of the court, so it kind of messes them up as far as floor of the game and where they want to shoot the ball and all that type of stuff. But see, the thing with KD, though, I think you can put him anywhere, though. Yeah, like, that's true. His ability to score and shoot from anywhere, I think, you know, that's an easily fixable problem as far as terms of pace on the court. But, yeah, man, if I had to pick between DeMarcus Cousins and KD, KD. The two-time finals KD. <laughs> um, when I watch these games, let me start with the Warriors first. So, good thing for Warriors fans out there, one of the things they've been struggling with is first quarters lately. They've been horrible in their last 10 first quarters. But now the Warriors are plus 47 in their last four first quarters. So 
they're starting to turn it on. No more slow starts and things like that. They're coming right out the gate. Like, I was watching the OKC Golden State game. I was flipping back and forth between the Duke game. And, like, I flipped one second. It was close. Next thing I know, they up 20. So, I'm like. They run it up. <laughs> yeah, they ran it up. Steph had 33. Clay 23. Big thing, I put a star down on my nose. Draymond actually hit shots. That's going to be look key. Like, look like old Draymond, right? Yeah, he looked like old Draymond. I think he was like 9, 8, and 7 or something like that. Do that. We can that, with but that. that's Draymond, though. Yeah. That's what you need. You need him hitting shots or that is going to get exploited. And that's been one of their problems this year. Draymond hasn't been his normal hitting shot self. A lot of, a lot of people are starting to say that he's starting to decline physically and things of that nature. If he's hitting shots, they're yeah. already tough enough to be. Unstoppable if, if Draymond Green is hitting shots... You're not going to beat them. So, ultimately, when I think about the Warriors, they're starting to round into form and get ready for this playoff push. Cousins has been impressive lately, like you said. Um, I was watching that game against the Rockets where he was dominating Capella. Like, he was making a lot of shots. I don't know if he's going to keep that up yeah. in the playoffs. I mean, if he gives them a game or two in the playoffs like that, that's going to be big. Yeah. Also, KD wasn't there then, so I feel like once you add KD back to that. Yeah. He's not doing what he He's did. not getting them opportunities like that. Yeah, because he has so, a lot of assists as well. So, it's yeah. like they're kind of running their offense through him. Pretty they were running through their offense because he had twenty seven and like seven assists. Yeah, so they're feeding him. Yeah, a really home. good game. But really good. ultimately, yeah, man, the Warriors are just—they're gearing up. They're yeah. getting ready. It's, it's looking like it's going to be a good playoff. So yeah, they're gearing up. Just hope the Rockets can compete with them. That's where I'm at. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> looking at the other side of the Thunder, um, it's not much to say. I say the same thing about the Thunder and. Westbrook finished 2 of 16, like you said, over 6 from 3. George had 29 points, but it took 25 shots to do it. They're dropping in the standings. I actually pulled up the standings while we were talking about it. So they're 42 and 28. That puts them at the fifth seed. Um, Utah is 41 and 29, game yeah. behind them. Spurs, right there, Spurs have the same record, 41 <laughs> and 29. And don't look now, the Clippers are 41 and 30. That's so <laughs> only a loss is separating them pretty much. Two losses from the AC. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, it, it, that's gonna be that's gonna look so bad, man. Like I can't I can't see that. I can't see them playing the Warriors first round and they then the third that. seed the whole season. I wouldn't mind seeing them drop to the six and play Houston. That's the series I wanna no, see. No, they didn't stay right at that five seed. You, play play Portland. We can we'll be everybody but the Warriors. The Rockets will be everybody but uh, not but the Warriors. The only team that we may lose to is the Warriors. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree. I don't. I think y'all can. I think y'all handle the Thunder. Yeah, I we'll handle them. But I I'd rather see them play. I want them to play the Warriors before we play the Warriors. Because as far as we being the Rockets, you need Westbrook to tire them out. I need them tire them out. I need a little yeah, bit of motion. I, I need Paul George way down on KD. Russ, go dunk on Steph. Like, I need it all. You need them a little. I need y'all to make Steph and Clay. I need them to run a million miles that series. Wear them legs out. Make them, you know, get into a shooting slump by the time we play them. That, that would be perfect for y'all. Uh, but overall, back to the Thunder. I'm just, I, I got to see it in the playoffs. Like I told you before, like I keep saying, when it comes to the Thunder, they're at the point where I'm not judging you what you're doing in the regular season. So what? You got routed by Golden State without KD. That sucks. But okay, that happened. But what are you going to do in the playoffs, Russell Westbrook? What are you going to do in the playoffs, Paul George? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that is ultimately where I'm going to judge them. 
And honestly, I think they're going to disappoint me again. But hey, let's see if I get proven wrong. Mm -hmm. But moving on from the Warriors routing the Thunder without KD, that's sad. The Philadelphia 76ers beat the Bucks the other night. We had career nights from Giannis, 52 points, 16 boards, Embiid, 40 points, and 15 rebounds. But beef. that leads me to ask you this question. Foreign players. With this win, are we overlooking the Sixers at all in the East? I believe we are because Joel Embiid, he's the best center in the league. He's the most dominant center. He does it on both ends of the court. I agree. You saw him out there. He was mixing Giannis at the three-point line. Sad. He, he Sad can do it all. There's nothing Joel Embiid can't do on the court, honestly. And there's nobody as big as him out there. So I think we are overlooking them. Ben Simmons, him not having a shot. It's somewhat overblown because everybody else on their team can't shoot. Right. Joel Embiid, you don't want him taking threes, but he can make them. Right. And Ben Simmons just has to play that role as far as crashing the rebounds. We saw a couple times he got a couple putbacks. He dunked on Giannis right after he got dunked on. So he has that dog in him. I don't think he's going to have another blemish like last year where he has one point. He throws the ball up because he doesn't want to shoot the free throw. Things like that. I don't think we're going to see that this year. I think that's just... His rookie jitters as far as, you know, first time in the playoffs. Tobias Harris, he's been a really good addition. I think come the come playoff time, the key is going to be, is Jimmy Butler going to be that player that we're accustomed to seeing him be? Because so far he's played good, but he hasn't been the Jimmy Butler we know. Right. Like those first couple, like that first week or two that he was with them, he hit like one or two game winners, I mm -hmm. believe. So that was the Jimmy Butler I'm used to seeing. Obviously he's going to bring it defensively, but offensively I need you to be that guy that, Late in the games, fourth quarters, I need you to drop 20, 25 points throughout the game because come playoff time, they're going to need that from them. So I think we are overlooking them just a tad. Um, as far as overlooking the Sixers, I, I don't think I'm overlooking them. I consider them top four, so I don't think you're overlooked if I consider you top four. Um, one thing I did write down, I have to see it in the postseason, though. I need to see them beat the Celtics. You know, yeah. I need to see them get past that hump. That's, yeah, the Celtics I, are their kryptonite. That's I, I yeah, I need to see what they do in the postseason because they got a lot of parts. Even though I do love their starting five, like I said, it could possibly that could possibly be the best starting five in the league. You know, it's arguable. But you know, when you get nights like this where everybody's going off, they can score with anybody. You know, mm -hmm. Tobias Harris, like we already said, can shoot, take it to the rack. Jimmy Butler has his nights. You have Embiid, the best center in the league, which I agree with you with. You have Ben Simmons, who has his nights where, you know, he looks like, you know, a more polished player on the offensive end. But, yeah, I just need to see it from the playoffs from the Sixers. Um, I think they're one of the top four teams in the East. I think they'll definitely be a lot more competitive than they were last year. But as far as being overlooked, I don't think they're being overlooked. I think they're rated about where they should be. Um, I still have my concerns about their bench a little bit when it comes to, like, playoff time and who's going to really prevail and, you know, come out and actually perform. So that's how I feel about the Sixers. Shout out the Freak, by the way. Yeah. That 50 point and 15. No joke. He joined Kareem as the only Bucks players to have 50 points and 15 rebounds in the game in a Bucks uniform. So, yeah, Gian Giannis is starting to hit his uh, threes, man. It's starting right. to look a little scary. Oh, am I saying it wrong? Is it Giannis or Giannis? Like, I hear both. <laughs> I hear both. I think it's Giannis, though. I'm going to stick with Giannis. That sounds better. I don't want to sound like hey, that. Just call him Greek. <laughs> just call him Greek. I don't know. That's not good. I put the <laughs> um, freak there. Yeah, I say the freak. Like, that's all you can really call him. But, um, yeah, he's, he's starting to hit his jump shots. Come playoff time, he's going to need that. Because 
they're gonna load up on him in the playoffs as far as trying to get him to not get in the paint. Right. Everybody's calling him a modern day Shaq, and it's kind of accurate because there's no stopping him once he gets down there. He's always playing somebody usually smaller than him. You see what he did to Simmons? Like, <laughs> call that man a baby. We gotta fight. After call that man a baby. Like, hey, Simmons came back though. Yeah, yeah, but it won't. It won't the yeah. same. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it, it won't the same. It won't mano y mano. He ain't back him yeah, down. Yeah, like dunk gave him a little shoulder a couple times. He, he snuck him that time. Yeah, yeah man. That Simmons snuck him, but um. Uh, for the Bucks, they also had an injury as far as Malcolm Brogner. He has right, a right. minor patear. I'm not sure how to say it. It's but a tear in his right foot. He has a partial tear in his right foot. I got you. Uh, he's out six to eight weeks. Um, how do you think that affects him going into the playoffs? you think that makes up the rhythm at all? Because Malcolm Brogner, he's a very good shooter, very good defender. Uh, I think that hurts him. You know, he's definitely one of their better perimeter defenders. One of, one of their more offensive, efficient offensive players. Um, and also, um, I just, it was on the tip of my tongue and I just, it just dropped out of my head, but losing Malcolm Brogdon, that's not good, but I've seen, I think I've seen a report that said he should be back sooner than later and hopefully the time before the playoffs. So yeah, that's when it's, oh, free throw percentage. He's like uh, 90. Yeah, yeah, he don't miss. Yeah, he, <laughs> he don't, don't miss from there. He don't miss. And you know, in this day and age, yeah. when you see teams like the Lakers and how they have a free throw they line, that matters. You know what I'm saying? So. Losing somebody like that is always going to hurt, but I like their depth in general. Though, yeah. so I think I feel like it'll be, be okay. Bad. Yeah, I feel like six to eight weeks. That's going to put him like around somewhere in the first round. So as long right. as he gets somewhat conditioned in that first round, and that leads me to my next question: With that loss to the Sixers, do you see any weakness in the Bucks? How do you feel about their chances? Anything changed for you about them? They're still the same team. Um, I still kind of feel the same about them. I'm not sure. I don't believe they're the best team in the East. Right. I believe that's one of the other three teams. I'm kind of rolling with Toronto right now. That's a good. That's a good because that's my that's that. my preseason pick. I kind of want to stay with it because Kawhi come playoff times he's gonna show that why he the only one in the East. Him and Kyrie only two in the East with those rings that can get it done in playoff time. They know what it takes. So that's kind of where I'm at as far as the Bucks being the best team. Seventy six is competing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you were to let me ask you a question right quick. So it's on the 76ers, because right now it's shaping out to be the 3C versus 2C second round, right? So 76ers versus the Raptors in the second round. Who do you think would have the edge in that series? And why? Oh, give me Toronto. Um, now, I know there's a lot to be desired because this is Nick Nurse's first time in the playoffs. I get that. Mm-hmm. But why? Yeah. Rocking with Danny Toronto. Green. <laughs> I just feel like Toronto's going to be playing a brand of defense that – is gonna that could possibly win a championship? Yeah. I just think they have the ability to do that. You got a guy like Mark Gasol coming off the bench with Van Fleet, with Jeremy Lin. You know, these are all veterans who are trying to. You know, they want that yeah. ring now, yeah. so yeah. they're gonna do whatever it takes to win. And I think these guys are all in perfect position. I would take the Raptors over Philly, and, and probably I still think that goes. I wouldn't be surprised if that went seven. You know, just because of how much firepower Philly has. The East is going to be nice to watch this year. Right? Yeah. I, at least I can say that because the last few years it's been, you know, LeBron's conference. Hey, look. Don't look. Philly, right now, Philly, they're at the Thursday. They'd be playing the Pistons. Look, I'm not saying they would lose to the Pistons. I'm just saying that would be a – that's a series you keep It's entertaining. It's entertaining because the whole Drummond and Embiid thing. That's Drummond, definitely Drummond, you got uh, Blake, Blake versus uh, Ben Simmons. Yeah, man. <laughs> got the whole uh, – 
Kardashian drama going on between them. So, hey, it, it's gonna be a lot of media stuff going on just cause, like, just cause of that. But I, I like to see that first round match. Yeah, that would be great. But let's keep it plugging along. Let's move to college hoops. You did your bracket yet? Yes, I have. I did my bracket. I'm late. Yeah. I have not done my bracket yet. But since we're talking about the bracket, go ahead and tell me who you think is going to be in the championship game. Give me whatever you got. Your sleeper teams, your sleeper players. Give me everything NCAA right now. All right, first of all, starting off with the NCAA tournament, I want to give a special shout-out to the Old Dirty, Old Dominion University. Old Dominion, Old Dominion, what's made up? Made that tournament straight out of Northern Virginia. Shout-out right, right VA, shout-out 757. So, mm -hmm. start off with that. Um, as far as who I got going to the championship, the two teams I got are Duke and North Carolina. Okay. I got the classic matchup. It's two number one seeds, so we'll see if it gets there. It's, you know... It's always like there's some type of wrench that gets thrown in with these Final Fours and these championship teams. But I feel like this year we're going to get the matchup everybody wants to see. Duke versus North Carolina. My sleeper team, I'm going to go with Nevada. I'm going to go with Nevada because they play a tough game. They got a lot of great scores, a lot of great shooting on their team. I think they can make some noise. They can make maybe able to go to a Sweet 16, maybe even the Elite 8. All right. On my side, now I promise you, people... We did not see each other's predictions, none of that before. I got Duke and North Carolina in the championship. <laughs> I think they're both going to make it, and I ultimately think Duke is going to win it. I think they're going to lean on Zion Williamson. I think R.J. Barrett and Cameron Reddish are going to – Cam Reddish, excuse me, are going to play a lot better in the tournament. I think they're going to make it, definitely, against North Carolina. Um, my sleeper team – Murray State, John Morant. Oh, that's a good pick. Superstar down there. That's my sleeper team. I'm watching out for them. They got a really good first-round matchup with Marquette. Make sure you check that out. Um, I don't think – ultimately, I don't think they'll win it all. Um, they got Gonzaga in their bracket, Florida mm -hmm. State. So, yeah. it's going to be some tough teams over there. If he can make some noise, he can move up in the draft or something. Though. You're definitely going to see what you've been missing if you ain't been keeping up with John Morant. And you'll see why he's definitely a top-five pick. But, right. yeah. Um, as far as college basketball, I want to say one thing. Go ahead. Zion came back first game from being off an of injury against Dominic. Syracuse against the AC in the ACC tournament. Dropped 29, 14 rebounds, five steals. The man shot 13 for 13, first game back. The only blemish he had was from the free throw line. He was two for nine from the free throw line. Yeah. So one thing we gotta keep buying. We gotta fix that. But for the season, he's shooting sixty-nine point three percent from the field, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. Damn near seventy percent. And then from three, shooting thirty-one percent from the free throw line. He is sixty-five point four percent. So that's the only blemish in his game right now is mm -hmm. that free throw percentage. But shooting seventy percent from the damn field throughout the whole season. Yeah, who's gonna bully. stop this man? He's a bully. He gonna come in the league shooting sixty percent. <laughs> I don't, man, see, that's why with Zion, yo, it's like, I just need to see him in the league. Because I just, I got to see, like, when you watch him in college now, you see how easy he can college dominate kids. it physically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Grown man. Yeah, he's going to be different. Get to the NBA, I, don't, I just, I'm not saying he's not going to be a step above a lot of people athletically. But, you know, he's not that tall. How tall is he? Yeah, he's six. like 6'7". So he's kind of small. Seven? I mean, not small, but <laughs> six, 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 small. seven. Yeah, I just want to see how he does on on the grown man height stage. Height wise, height wise, he's a yeah. little short. So it's like, and he, you th you imagine he'll be playing small forward, maybe even some power forward. So 
most people I play against are between that 6'8", maybe even 6'11", range. NBA spacing is definitely going to help him. You know, it's going to be a lot more spread out. You're not going to see all these zones yeah. that's like Florida State was throwing at him. He go through three team. people. It don't matter. Man, dude, dude, like that game winner, I think it was against North Carolina. He got the putback. Went up, got the putback, like <laughs> touched the ground less than a millisecond and was back Bruh, up like. above the rim. Laid it in like, it's ridiculous. Like, dude is a freak. If you man. had any questions about who the first pick is, it's definitely confirmed that it's Zion. Oh yeah, like, it it's shouldn't. It's, it's not even a thought at this yeah, point. Anyway. It's ridiculous. But moving on to the last segment of the show today, my man David came up with our top five tonight. So tonight we will be doing our favorite, not top, our favorite. All-time starting lineup. And you know, wait, wait, before we start, did you want to do a six-man? I can think of a six-man in my head right now. I can do a six-man right quick, yeah. We can do a six-man right quick. You want me to go first? You go first. You go first. Okay. For me, I really didn't have a six-man on top of my head, <laughs> but I got one now. For me, if I had to choose a six-man for my team, I'm going to actually choose a six-man too. Give me Manu Ginobili. Mm. Give me Mr. Okay. Originator of the Euro. <laughs> Give me that. Give me that guts and glory. Give me that Spurs mentality. I'm going Manu Ginobili for my sixth man. Where are you going? For my sixth man, I'm going to have to go. I'm not sure if I'm as witty as we would picking a sixth man. Um, I'm going to have to go Jamal Crawford. Just yeah. off legacy. And I love to watch the man play. The way he dribbled, the way he shoot. I'll take it. I'll Definitely. take it. So that's going to be my sixth man as far as favorites. As far as my favorites. All right. Let's move on. You want to go center to point guard or point guard to center? Let's go Let's point guard to center. Point guard to center. Okay. My all-time favorite point guard who will be starting for my lineup is Mr. Baron Davis. Like, oh, come okay. on, son. <laughs> Baron Davis. If you don't know about Baron Davis, you should know. Get on YouTube hey, yeah. right now. Baron Watch Davis. Watch those highlights. Yeah, that man he was, was a problem. Yeah. Most of y'all probably yep. remember him famously being on the eight-seeded Warriors that beat that Mavericks team that was supposed to win the championship. Baron Davis was one of those big guards mm -hmm. who could get through, dunk on anybody. He could shoot. He could pass. He could do it all. Always loved Baron Davis growing up. Who's your point guard for That's Davis? a great pick. I'm going to go with the hometown hero, Allen Iverson. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Uh, like, growing up, this is who I, you know, Everything I did, the crossover, the headband, the arm sleeve, mm -hmm. even had the rebound answers, like, everything. It was all Iverson when I was growing up. So he got to be my point guard, my all-time favorite point guard. Hey, I will never argue Iverson anytime. I'll never – somebody who walked in right now to me, Iverson, greatest player all time. No arguments for me. You right. Got it, you got, <laughs> got it. it. Moving on to shooting guard for my team, no surprise. Kobe Bean Bryant. What else is there more to say? Five championships, classic fadeaway I always used to do in the gym. You know, I still got that. You know, it's Kobe. I got to pick Kobe. Come on, man. Nothing's better than a Mamba mentality. And as a Laker fan, we missing that right now. So I'm going Kobe Bryant. Okay. Another great pick. I'm going to go with Dwayne Wade. Oh, my gosh. The best player in Miami Heat history. Three mm -hmm. championships. Respect. Le um, All-time leader in blocks for a guard, passing Jordan a few days ago. Just the best player that I had saw growing up at a certain age. Um, obviously, he had Kobe in them, but when I saw him play against the Mavericks, I'd never seen him play a dominated series like that. Granted, I mean, he shot a ton of free dominated. throws, yeah. but it's part of being unguardable. You're going to shoot a lot of free throws. So when I saw that, he became instantly kind of my favorite player in the league at that time. Still is my favorite player. Granted, he only got a few games left. I'm going to try and make it to that Wizards game on the 23rd coming up. But 
all time favorite right there. Yeah, I like Dwayne Wade. That was one of my uh, one of my brother's favorite players growing up. So he has always convinced me he was better than Kobe. <laughs> Not quite, but Dwayne Wade is right up under yeah. him as far as my shooting guards. Um, yeah, Dwayne Wade's great defense, offense, Mister Do It All for Miami. Love Dwayne Wade. Let's move on to small forwards. For my small forward and my starting lineup. I'm going KD. Like, oh, what I'm else surprised. is there to say? You know, you know who put me on the KD? Who first made me know it was KD? Me. You. <laughs> Only he was at Texas. Texas yeah, yeah. Today, KD. Like, all right, we'll see. Man, ever since he's he been to the true. league, every year he's gotten better. Best scorer in the league, bucket. arguably. Best player in the league, arguably. Yeah. I gotta go KD at the small fort. Mm. Okay, it's another interesting choice. I was, I was leaning on KD a little bit, but I'm gonna go with. The Rocket, Tracy McGrady. T-Mac. I'm going to go with T-Mac. Growing up, those battles with Kobe. I hey, mean, yeah. I love T-Mac. The only gripe I have with him is his playoff success. But, mm -hmm. hey, it's okay. He's still still one of my all-time favorites. I love the man. Hey, he gave me a lot of good memories. Dunking over seven foot six people. Sean Bradley. Giving me a lot of great moments. So. <laughs> hey, Sean Bradley might be the most dunked on player of all time. We need to look. He's on a lot, like of, a lot of different people and bad dunks, too. Like, not even some slight bad Horrible. dunks. All of them. All right. Um, power forward. Now, this one was a little tough for me. I didn't have a lot of favorite power forwards. Yeah, me as well. But there is one guy that I personally like. Um, I didn't see a lot of him. I saw enough. Enough highlights. I'm a Charles Barkley guy, yo. A freak okay. of nature, running the lanes, dunking on people. He can do a little bit of everything. I'm going Charles Charles Barkley at my number four, man. Okay, I'm not mad at that. I'm going to go with Dirk Nowinski. I'm Dirk. Gonna go with, I'm going to go with the German Shepherd. He came in with the one-foot shot, patented, got everybody in the league trying to mimic him now, KD trying to do it. Nothing like the original. Got LeBron, got Wade, got Bosch up out of here. He's a great player. Uh, it was hard for me to find a power forward as well. I'm going to go out with Dirk. Um, shout out to him. He just passed Will Chamberlain on the sixth all-time and all point scored all-time. Shout out Dirk, man. So shout out to Dirk on that. And go ahead, wrap it up with your center. And to wrap it up, uh, as a Laker fan, this should be no surprise. My center, none other than the big Aristotle, Shaq the Diesel. Himself, I mean, what more can I say? The most dominating player of all time, the most dominating force, Shaq. There's nothing you could do as Chris Dudley about him. Shaq, what I mean, what what do you want me to say? Nothing. You can't stop that man. Seven foot monster. Okay, okay, that's that's a good answer, but I'm gonna give you the right answer. Hakeem Olajuwon. All right, no, go ahead, man. Go ahead. You talking about the most dominant ever? <laughs> Hakeem can do it all. Good. Dominate David Robinson. Dominate Shaq in the finals. Mm. Young Shaq. Gave me two finals. Gave the Rockets the only two finals. So I'm going to definitely hold on to that. I believe he's the most skilled center so far, I believe. And Bead has a chance to, you know, kind of build on what he started. He kind of uh, reminds me of his game. But Hakeem, the dream, he ain't beating it. He ain't beating it. So I, that's I can't argue with that because history says... He abused Shaq, <laughs> so I can't argue that. Uh, so what we got? I got Baron Davis, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, and you have... Allen Iverson, Dwayne Wade, Tracy McGrady, Dirk Nowitzki, and The Dream. I'll Hakeem. take my squad. No, I'll, my, I'll my squad is definitely watching. All you got to do is give it to Hakeem every time, like play inside out, Wade cut to the basket. Nah, I'll take that. We easy. We, we good. We ain't got nothing for KD. 
Nothing. Or Kobe. I put I put T Mac. I got T Mac on Kobe. Who? And I'm putting. You put T Mac on who? <laughs> I don't know about that. That might have to be just my line up on that. You might have, you got that matchup. Yeah. But hey, Hakeem is abusing Shaq. Dirk is abusing Charles. See, Charles too short. Dirk is shooting over him every time. Oh, we getting out and running with Charles. We getting out and running. Dirk not gonna be able to catch up unless we, you know, we, we settling down for some half court yeah. or something. But we, we running with that. Dirk making he'll figure it out. Six all time, most points in this. Oh, sorry, sorry, right, cool. man. Shout out Dirk to win But yeah, I think we got a good list. I like it. Yeah, that was solid, man. Well, that's a wrap for another episode. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. As usual, wherever you may be listening, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. What else? We on something else? I think that's all of them. YouTube, YouTube as well. YouTube as well. Hey, we want. I want to thank all the listeners personally. We keep doing it for you guys. Uh, David, talk to the folks. Um, I want thank you guys for listening. I want to say please continue to spread the word to friends, family, coworkers, anybody interested in NBA or NFL. And just thank y'all for the love and support. Like always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter. Our Twitter is at here is underscore the deal. And also, real quick, um, if you're interested in being a guest, for us on our next episode or our next couple episode, please send us a DM wherever you follow us up, Definitely. wherever you follow us at, whether that be on the Twitter or on Facebook, or if you have our personal Twitters, however you want to do that, yeah. go ahead and let us know. We're definitely looking for guests to have. And also, I think I'm thinking about, I think we should do a um, a mailbag episode. Yeah. Where we get, in, we questions. get questions from you guys and we'll just spend a whole episode answering you guys' questions, exactly what you want to talk about. So keep that in mind. If you guys want to be a part of this, please definitely, definitely don't hesitate to let us know. All right. Thank y'all for listening. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Here's the Deal podcast. Tune in for next week's episode. And don't forget to add the Here's the Deal podcast Facebook and Twitter pages.